This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. Today's podcast is titled, Dead. But it's not all bad news. The Lord uses the illustration of death for several points. We are dead because of transgressions and sins, and in Christ, our sinful nature is dead. Let's start with Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now working in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the craving of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. To identify how this death came about, we have to go back to Eve and Adam. They rebelled against God's command and his specific warnings and decided to become their own master, something that we were not created for. God warned them that they would die, and so they did. As soon as they sinned, Spiritual death happened immediately. The earth was cursed, and only trouble lay in front of them, because Satan was now ruler over their life. But the most devastating part of this loss was the comfortable relationship with their Creator. They had intimacy with Him, talked with Him, He talked uh, with them, and they talked with Him. And they were even kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Spiritual death was quick, but it took almost a thousand years for death to take them down physically. So we are born with that same sinful nature. That's where it comes from. It's passed down from our ancestors, and we are also subject to physical death. Bummer, right? But most of you know that God's love sent Jesus to rescue us. If you don't know that, I'm telling you right now, God loves us and he sent his son to rescue us from this death. This reminds me of before I was saved, empty, looking for what life was all about, and I was stumbling on the pleasures of flesh. I sinned and sinned, and I thought that was the way to life. To enjoy the sin. But as we all know, sin bites in the end, and it's not good. I remember sitting one time, uh, I was stationed in Scotland, and uh, I was in this guy's house. He had, there were seven or eight people there, and we were partying as hearty as you could party. All of a sudden, the owner of the house began asking each individual, very specifically, if they had a relationship with God. He went one by one, and it was a very tense atmosphere. Then he came to me, and he asked me, Dennis, do you have a relationship with God? I had been preparing, and I said, yes, I do have a relationship with God. I pray to him. Once the pressure was off of me, I said to myself very clearly, if there is a God, which I believe there was, he will give me at least one chance to know him and to do what is right. About eight months later, I was born again. God 
answered that little under under my breath prayer or thought. Because of sin, we were separated from God's presence. And that's that's also presently, we are separated from him. And we're separated from intimate fellowship with him also. We are destined for an eternity without God and without hope. Listen to what John chapter 3, verse 18 says. Whoever believes in him, that's Jesus, whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. God paid a very expensive price by sending Jesus to earth. And if we don't believe it, we are already condemned to an eternal death. 2 Corinthians 6.2 For he says, In the day of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Today is the day of God's favor. Well, Christ has been crucified and raised from the dead, and prior to him coming back, we are living in this time of favor, where we can be saved through the blood sacrifice of Christ. God's favor is now clearly exposed through what Jesus has done, and it is our privilege and our responsibility to believe what God has done in Jesus Christ. Let's read a little bit further in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Colossians 2.13 When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Before being saved, we were dead spiritually, separated from God and His goodness, soon to experience physical death and complete separation from life. Since God is the one who gives life, if we die physically while we are spiritually dead, we would exist in a place where God is no longer available. And Jesus talks a lot about this. We know it is hell and the lake of fire, this eternal death. It's not a good concept. And it's one that should wake us up so that we can understand that Jesus has done a marvelous work in saving us from this separation from God. Just before I was saved, the Lord was convicting me of sin. Over a period of, I would say, about six to eight months, one of my greatest concerns was the emptiness of my soul. Also, I saw my future as very bleak and dark, and those thoughts finally drove me to a place where I called upon God. You might have heard someone say, I feel like something's missing in my life. There's an emptiness. Or maybe you've experienced that yourself. We were all created for a relationship with God. And when that is missing, we are not whole. The Bible tells us that we're dead, dead spiritually. Listen how serious Jesus talks about the transition 
when we are dead spiritually and death, physical death, catches up with us. Matthew 18, 8 and 9. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. It is my belief that what Jesus is saying is absolutely true. But I also believe that his point is to avoid sin at all costs. We are to be a living sacrifice, giving up our way of life for his way of life, which is much better. We want to do this, avoid sin at all costs before having to cut off a lamb or gouge out an eye. That's not what Christ wants. What he wants is for us to avoid sin. We are still on the subject of death. But hang in there. I want to switch gears now. Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. For this scripture, we understand that our sinful nature is crucified, that nature that rebels against God, that nature that loves sin and is controlled by sin, is crucified when we come to Christ. Romans chapter 6 explains this very well in good detail. I'm going to start in verse 2 and read a couple of verses. It says, We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it? any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him." I'm going to skip down to uh, verse 11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. When we came to Christ, we were joined to him, to his death. Our old self, that sinful nature that had got us in so much trouble, is now put to death by God's grace, and we are given new life in Christ through the presence of the Holy Spirit. We now live our life by becoming like Jesus, doing what he would do, saying what he would say, going where he would go. We give Jesus our old sinful nature, and he gives us his nature, 
a nature of obedience, a nature of love, a nature of submission to the Father. We were dead spiritually because of sin, but by God's grace, our sinful nature was crucified, dead and buried through baptism, and we were recreated. We're a new creation to become obedient children to God and to have this wonderful relationship with Him. For parents, you can understand your love for a child. It is amazing. Love for a child. I have three of them. And I love each of them deeply. I would do almost anything for them and pray for them constantly. This is the same love that God has for his children and even much more than I can experience. But that is the shadow, the type that God tells us, a parent's love for their children. That's how he loves us. He might say, well, I'm still sinning. I fully understand that. Prior to salvation, I delighted in sin. I boasted in sin. I remember bragging about it to get attention. In fact, I was completely controlled by sin, but I thought I had control. I barely knew what I was doing was wrong, but when it cropped up and I thought, you know, this isn't right, I would quickly toss it away because I delighted in sin. But once I was saved, born again, sin became very noticeable. It bothered me. I didn't like it anymore. It didn't hold the same power and lust over me that it once did. Now I knew it was wrong, and it was distasteful to me. I wanted to change. It was a process, and over years and years I got better and better, more obedient, more open to the Lord and I'm still working on it. I'm still getting better, and it's all by God's grace, and that is the same for you. God is taking you in a process so that you get closer and closer to Him. You see, as a Christian, sin only has the power that we give it. That's probably the most important statement that I can make. Sin only has the power that we give it. We are in the process of sanctification. That's a special word for being set apart, uh, being becoming holy, set apart from the world's ways, and we are being molded into God's holy ways. Let me summarize. We were dead because of sin and transgression. It was our old nature to sin, and that's what we did. Then God's grace came, and our sinful nature was crucified with Christ the day we got saved. That's right, dead, dead to our old self-will, dead to our rebellious ways. But now we have a new nature, one of obedience to God, faith in what He says, a new desire to do what is right. We have been recreated. We are a new creation to be changed into the image of Christ. Step by step, we are becoming more like him. Let me pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we desire your Holy Spirit to empower us to overcome sin, to empower us to be filled with your presence, to empower us to be living in the image of Christ. Lord, we need your help. 
We ask for your help now. We ask that we would be faithful to you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to visit me at thecleansoul.org.